0: Hello, it's November the 7th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and you are listening to Law and Gospel. On Mondays, we take a look at a reading for the following Sunday. We just came off two special Sundays Reformation and All Saints' Day, and we're back into the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost on this November the 13th, this coming Sunday. Readings are from Malachi chapter four, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, and the gospel from Luke chapter 21. And that's a very interesting gospel because it helps us to understand what is going on in the world. Jesus is talking and he's speaking about the temple. Verse 5, Luke 21. While some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, Jesus said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Now, Jesus died in the 30s. This temple destruction occurred in 70 A.D. when the Romans came in and destroyed the temple. And so decades before this happened, Jesus made it very clear that this was going to occur. Of course, some of them asked him, Teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the sign When these things are about to take place. And he said. See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name saying. I am he. And the time is at hand. Now there's no doubt. That since the time of Jesus. You have had people. Who say that they are the true Messiah that they're the ones that God has sent, and the time is at hand. And what are they always talking about? They're always talking about that you better be ready for the time by doing good works. In other words, works is the method of salvation. And of course, that's false teaching. So Jesus says, do not go after them and during this time you will hear of wars and tumults do not be terrified for these things must first take place but the end will not be at once now every now and then you hear of a preacher talking about that we are at the end of the world because of so many things that are occurring like Wars and tumults and earthquakes and bad weather, etc. And people think that that's going to be the end of the earth. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't happen in the next five minutes, but it could also wait another 5,000 years. We have no idea. In other words, when you see these things happening, these are God's way of reminding you that the end will come. Jesus continues in verse 10. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs From heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. Now, we know this is happening. On Thursday, we talk a lot about what's going on in the world how Christians are being arrested for speaking God's word. Uh, Recently, there was a woman arrested, and they want to put her in prison because she says marriage is between a man and a woman, not a man and a man or a woman and a woman. And, of course, with the terrible thing about abortion, we have a lot of people thinking that that is perfectly okay because a woman should have a right over her body. Well, the trouble is, a baby is not her own body. It is another body within her. And therefore, it is ridiculous for a woman to give the understanding that she can eliminate another body that God has given her. And therefore, this is what Jesus is talking about, that we will be persecuted for standing up for the word of God. Now, what are you going to do during this time? Verse 13 of Luke 21. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. We've already had some instances when people have been arrested for speaking God's word and the court has overturned their fine or their imprisonment because they have the right to speak as they want. In those countries where you don't have freedom of speech, you can have real problems when the government thinks it can stop you from speaking. But a lot of times the court overturns what the government is trying to do. But I find this really interesting. Don't try to figure out ahead of time the answer. Verse 15 says, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. Uh, for example, in the controversy of evolution over creation, more and more real scientists are recognizing that evolution is ridiculous. It is impossible, even in a laboratory, to take one species and turn it into another i mean when's the last time that you heard that they could take say a vegetable or a fruit like watermelon and turn it into an apple or when you could take an animal like a fox and turn it into a bear no that just doesn't happen in other words from a scientific point of view, observing the way the world works, evolution is ridiculous. It can not happen and more and more scientists are recognizing that. In fact, we've been told that it's difficult to get an evolutionist to debate a creationist on college campuses. Why is that? Because at the end of the debate, They ask who was the one that gave a better testimony and the creationist wins almost every time. And that's because the creationist has a lot more to be able to say from a scientific view than does an evolutionist. And we can see the problem with evolution there is no morality built into the evolutionary system. I mean, lions kill their own kind and they eat their own offspring. And therefore, what does that tell us about morality? In other words, how can you say that whatever you do is right or wrong if you leave the Bible? Most religions believe that murder is wrong. Most religions believe that not staying with your spouse is wrong. Most religions believe that stealing is wrong. Where does that come from? It comes from one's conscience that God makes it clear according to his law that these things are in error. But many religions, in fact, all of them outside of Christianity, do not think it is wrong to worship a God that they think is a God rather than the triune God. That's called heresy. And that's part of the reason why Jerusalem is going to be destroyed and the temple torn down as it was during the Babylonian captivity. People were saying, oh, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, there's no way that God is going to permit that to happen. But he did allow it to happen, and he allowed it to happen again in 70 A.D. So Jesus is saying, don't think ahead of what you're going to be able to say, because God will give you a mouth and wisdom. By the way, verse 16 is interesting. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. And that did happen, of course, to many Christians after the death and resurrection of Jesus, that Rome would put them in theaters and they were killed by lions because they were Christians. So this could occur because of a parent, a brother, a relative, or a friend. And we're seeing that today. Look at how many young people are leaving the church and disagreeing with their parents about the importance of pure doctrine in God's holy word. So you will be delivered up by even your parents and your closest relatives and friends, and some will even be put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. Now, what does that mean? Why would they hate us for the sake of the name of Jesus? Because when you preach Jesus, you preach not just the gospel, of the forgiveness of sins, but ahead of that, you must preach the law so people recognize that they are sinners in need of a savior. Nobody likes to hear that they are as bad as God thinks they are, as wicked, as sinful, and therefore they hate individuals who accuse them of that vileness. And that's part of the reason that when you stand up for Jesus and speak his message of law and gospel, you will be hated for his name's sake. Verse 18 seems to be an error. Jesus says, but not a hair of your head will perish. Now, wait a minute we've had Christians who are even burnt to death because of their Christian faith. Does that mean that their hair of their head has perished? No, the word perish in this particular situation refers not just to the damage that can be done to your body here on earth, but also in the afterlife. And that's what God is saying. When judgment day occurs you will be raised from the dead bodily and your body will then be joined rejoined with your spirit that is already in heaven with jesus and that's why not a head not a hair of your head will perish in other words verse 19 by your endurance you will gain your lives what endurance by remaining faithful to the Lord and his word. So Jesus gets back to Jerusalem in the 30s and 40s up to 70 AD. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. That means its destruction is about to take place. And those armies, of course, are the Romans who have come to punish the Jews for their rebellion against Rome. What does Jesus advise? Verse 21, Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Those who are inside the city depart. And let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are the days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. And what has been written? That when a person falls from the faith or refuses the belief in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, then there are negative Consequences. The Israelites learned that with the Babylonian captivity and also other times when they were persecuted by other armies. In fact, Jesus makes it very clear Alas for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. Now, whose wrath? Not just the Romans, but the wrath of God himself. This is very important to understand that God's wrath comes against unbelievers because of their refusal to recognize Jesus as the promised Savior. And what will happen in this wrath They will fall, this is verse 24, they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captives among all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles and the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. This is what Jesus had done with the Babylonian captivity he had used Gentiles and foreign kings to capture the Israelites in order to make them aware of their false teaching, their improper worship, and that they would repent. And by God's grace, many of them did, and were returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. But of course, this was way before the time of Jesus when he came to earth. And they once more fell. By the time of Jesus, many of them were thinking that they were saved by their works, and they did not need a savior. Remember the Pharisees' prayer? Thank God that I'm not like that tax collector, because look at me. I tithe. I fast. And they were thinking that by those outward good works, they were saving themselves. That's a denial of Jesus as Redeemer. And it's not only what will happen with armies surrounding Jerusalem or armies that are surrounding us today and going to war. Verse 25, And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. Why? Well, that's happening today. People are pointing to climate change as a way in which the world will be destroyed. Now, that will not happen because it's very clear that the destruction of the world will occur in an instant moment when Jesus returns, destroying the heavens and earth as we know it. Climate change is way too slow, but people will point to things like that thinking, therefore, that we better change our lifestyle. We better start being good in dealing with the climate and the environment, and that has become our God. Nature is considered to be the God that we need to protect. Well, that's false teaching. There's no doubt we should be careful in how we deal with the environment. When you go camping, you may have a fire but when you leave the campsite you make sure that the fire is out lest it spread throughout the area and burn down a forest how many people have been arrested because they have set fires like in california and destroyed homes and even had people die because they were not careful or because they purposely set fires to have the world come and be shaken. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, says verse 26. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, if that doesn't refer to Jesus as God, I don't know what does. Because God the Father was often referred to as being in a cloud before the temple, before the tabernacle. Remember leading the people through the wilderness when they were there for 40 years, a cloud during the day and fire during the night. And it was that cloud that separated the Egyptians from the Israelites when they were facing the Red Sea. But look what happened. God opened up the Red Sea and allowed the people of God to be rescued through Moses and the Word of God. And yet, as soon as they got across the Red Sea, they began complaining because they didn't have water, they didn't have items to eat, etc. And then they were afraid to enter the land of Canaan because they thought they would be defeated. How could somebody believe that after the Red Sea? And yet they did. And that's what the church is faced with today. People knowing that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and yet still refusing to trust him. And they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. That's referring to the day of judgment, when those who are in the grave will have their bodies raised, and those who are still alive will have their bodies transformed into glorious bodies to be with Jesus, God the Father and the Holy Spirit forever and ever in heaven. Jesus concludes, verse 28 of Luke 21. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. So, this is not a time, even in our day, for Christians to be despondent and be worried about the world ending, because for them, it will be the entrance point into a heavenly realm where there is no sickness, no death, and no sin. Not even sins of thoughts will take place in heaven because the true heaven will be also like the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve did not sin and lived a perfect life with God, communicating with him each and every day. But then, unfortunately, listening to Satan and going against the word of God. So, what we have here in this passage is Jesus talking about what is going to be happening in the world. And it's not just about Jerusalem, but it's also about before Jesus returns. And that means he's also talking about the world today, the United States, as we see many people moving against the word of God, hating Christians, persecuting them because of the message that they do not like to hear. That's what this text is all about. And we Christians can remain confident and faithful because Jesus has predicted that which is going to be coming true and it will be a truth that we will rejoice in. Why? Because when we go to heaven, there will be a joy and a bliss beyond our imagination and there will be happiness and joy for all those who, who trust in the word of God. That's what Luke 21, verses 5 to 28, really is about, to comfort you in knowing that when you see these things, do not think that God is not in control. No, he is in control, and he will be watching you at all times, preparing you for his return and taking you into the glorious kingdom of eternity in heaven i'm tom baker tomorrow on law and gospel we'll take a look at a hymn entitled the day is surely drawing near and it's also about the coming of judgment until then god bless you